If I was to be a horror film, what horror film would that be? Um, oh, what's it called? Hills of Ice. <laughs> Savage. Uh, do you mean like the the normal human characters, or are you suggesting I look like some form of nuclear worn uh, zombie cannibal type thing? So you look like a guy they cut up and put in a shit box. I don't actually remember. Uh, it there, how many of there? There's been a few of those, isn't there? One, two, three. Uh, yeah, that was in two. The second one, the army go in today, on and then one they cut one up, slice him everywhere, and dump him in lower shit. So he died from big infection. Oh, nice. No, yeah. I, I actually I think is do, do the army go into like a derelict town? The army, yeah, they go, they they're on exercise and going to end up being at corner bed and. Seen a few people from beforehand. I'm trying to remember it. I can't actually remember. I think the first one isn't isn't the first one that starts with the camper van getting uh, jacked. They like spike the wheels or something. Don't they? Is that or is that the second one? Well, they got the first one. They go to that um, battle station there, and he says, "Oh, what's the best we're going?" And he, he's thinking, "It was oh, fuck, should I send them?" Oh, yeah, yeah, he sends them through the yeah, yeah. Up he goes in the mountains, chopped up, eaten. One of, one of them's capital baby, you know. Yes, um, the classic, yeah. classic, classic films. Don't, don't, don't know if they make horror films yeah. like that anymore. I'll be honest. If you look for horror films nowadays on like the streaming platforms, they're all the same format of like uh, Amityville horror type stuff, or like ha- haunted houses and um, or killer dolls, you know, or or poltergeists in houses, that type of shit. It's like I was like, God, they don't actually do better horror films anymore than that. Yeah. No matter what horror film we get these days, it's always it's nothing original, New, original, unique. Yeah, it's all the same type of. I don't, like, yeah, it's all the there's, there's, It's almost like there's three or four different formats of like a horror film now, and like they just all repeat the same like one of these three or four different formats. I tell you, was uh, oh, I can't think of the fucking name of it now. There's one. I can't remember the name of this, but it's about a little kid and he goes to like, um, he's got skin issues or something, you've got to keep him in the, this fucking special thing all the time and he goes into a special hospital and think they can fix him and things are happening. And the way they twist it about, it's like, oh, actually, it's really good. Just don't see it like that. It's the first time I've seen it like that. Yeah, I don't think, is it new or is it? It's a couple of years old. Um, I'm trying to, trying to think now. Um, if I Google it, I'll be able to find it. Kid horror film. Kid horror film. Skin issues. <laughs> I've um. While, while obviously I have started recording, uh, and this is dead air to the people listening. But while uh, while you find that, I've been watching a. Uh, I think it's now a couple of years old. I didn't know this, but a, a series called Mosaic, which is quite good. I don't know if you've seen that. I have no. <laughs> Do you know what's really annoying though? Frustrating. What? There's six episodes of the. Of the, well, there's only one season, six episodes of it, and uh, four episodes in, Sky have it was on Sky Atlantic and HBO series decided to take it off their platform, so I no longer can find episodes five and six. Oh, we good then. Well, it's actually really good, but I'm just really annoyed the fact that I can't see the end of it. 
apparently, did you? I don't know if you ever saw the. I think it was it Black Mirror. What was the? There was an interactive series uh, episode. Sorry, that was on uh, Netflix a couple of years back, or an interactive film. I should say. Sorry, I think it was Black Mirror film, wasn't it? Uh, where you could basically pick how what you get to certain parts of the, of the film on Netflix, and it would basically ask you to pick which direction you want to go in, and it, you could kind of you couldn't change the storyline as such, but you could change the perspective you saw it through through certain individuals. Uh, actually, no, I think you could even change the ending actually on that one. I think obviously depending upon what you picked. Um, I think it was Black Mirror. I'm sure it was. Um, but apparently, this mosaic was something similar in 2018 odd or something, where if you watched it through an app. You could then do. You could obviously pick different endings. I didn't know that. I was just watching. You could obviously, if you watch it on the television shows, you don't. You don't get to pick. You just see it how it's meant to be played, I guess. But yeah, it's good. Yeah, that's what's quite good. It's been yeah. interactive. Well, you, uh, change the things a bit. It's it's about the 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 context is about a children's writer. I think like a reasonably famous children's writer that gets murdered, and then it's about how one guy gets put away, and his sister then tries to find out. Uh, who the real killer is because it wasn't him um, and it follows through but obviously I haven't found out at the end yet because I haven't seen the last two episodes but it was also apparently half baked uh, in terms of being based on slightly uh, a true story which I actually saw a few years back a documentary on a British writer uh, or lady writer that got murdered by her um, second husband which I think they said that was half based on her story as well I was like oh I know her that. I think I remember watching a documentary on that so, yeah, morbid. <laughs> and, and, and the morbid things are quite good. Yeah. Have you? Have, you have, oh, what? I was gonna say, have you found this film? Yes, Eli is called Eli. Ah. E- uh, not the book of Eli, because that's a different film, isn't it? No, that's uh, that is um, Denzel kicking ass. Very good. Um, I do like that. I think I now you've said it. I think I recognise it, although I don't think I've seen it. You don't. You obviously don't want me to. Te- don't want me to tell you what happened. I don't care. I'm, I mean, you could say spoiler alert for everyone listening in case they do want to watch it. It is, it is a spoiler. I'll tell you what the ending is basically. Obviously, he goes into this mansion. The nurse is a bit of like a dodgy hospital to fix his skin condition, whatever it is. And the nurse is a bit. I don't know. You just there's something wrong with this nurse. And he's anyway. He's staying there for a week or two. Things happen in the night. There's ghosts following him. He's. He, he goes into this corridor, his ghosts there, he's seeing things, blah, blah. And he's they putting tests on him. And they're doing tests on him, they're all getting scared. And it, it, it ends up that he's the devil. He's the one that's conjuring all these things up to people. And he doesn't know he's the devil yet, sort of thing. But he's the devil, and he kills everyone. It's quite good. It's like, well, that's different. Quite dramatic. Hmm. He's like an eight-year-old kid. You know, the devil. Kids in films are quite, uh, I think they're more scary than adults. Yeah, I think that's probably why there's so many, or like it's almost a genre on its own, like kids in horror films. Because kids, you know, look, you think back to The Omen or um, other kind of famous kids, like Chucky. God, they don't make horror films like that anymore, do they? Yeah, because they're comedies now. I've, seen it. I've looked them back, they're like comedies. Like, I was even scared of that. Well, I was yeah. only six, but you know what I mean? That's why I was scared, but yeah, yeah. they're funny. Yeah. I- I mean, I thought thought the same about like Nightmare on Elm Street. If I'm honest, I remember watching that as a child. Like, and I say child, I mean child. I mean like six or seven or something, and uh, absolutely petrified the first one. But mm. then when I watched the second to the like the seventh, didn't even phase me. I don't know if that's because I conditioned myself because of watching the first one, or if they just got shitter. I think it's probably a bit of both. But yeah, I think so. 
I do think so. They do get appreciated, don't they? So many good halfers up these days. No, I don't. I don't think there's there's many good ones about. Either. You know, the, I do like the Kundrin. There's a Kundrin three coming up now, isn't it? I'm not gonna lie. I thought you were about to say something else. No. Because the, I do like the cut, and you kind of stopped. I was like, oh, okay, a bit much. No. But... Kundrin. That's good. So yeah. Yes. Um. Anyway. Uh. Shall we? Shall we move on from the horror film chat before we get accused yeah. of talking we'll too much about? Way. Yeah, I was going to say, we get accused too much of talking about non-nutrition related stuff, and it'd be like listening to two of your mates having a chat. But it is, so. Oh yeah, that's why. Fan you on Facebook looking at bullshit. Yeah, well, what sort of things would you see on Facebook, do you think, nowadays, mate? Like, if you were to go through a fitness professional's feed, what do you think you would see on their Facebook? Very good segment. Oh, like I know what I'm doing. I think you, I think uh, you would see a lot of before and afters. Pictures. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say someone, before and after what? Yeah, uh, when someone started with uh, a coach or a company or whatever, and then either halfway through or the end of when they finished with them, but you know, some period of time when they've lost loads of weight and dramatically changed how they look, and some sort of motivational quote underneath, probably depending what type of coach you are following it could be something like hashtag no pain no gain some shit like that which is shit um whereas if uh, you've got to really want it you know that sort of motivation which doesn't really motivate anyone really because i think everybody really wants to be in good nick don't they? it's just it's not always just that easy is it i really want to be a millionaire but it takes a lot of time to get there doesn't it it does. It does take quite a while, unless you're lucky enough to inherit it, and then it doesn't take a long time <laughs> at all. Or win or, the lottery. That doesn't take a lot of time either. Or invent Facebook or Google or something like that. That probably still took a fair amount of time, though. Yes. Yeah, it's that overnight success thing is probably a bit unfair. Cause, no, you know, not overnight success, no. No, I just, I just meant more generally the kind of when people claim, you know, oh, you know, they're lucky, it's an overnight success. They didn't see the 10 years of hard graph prior to the apparent overnight success that was put in by the individual but yeah if you think a high level businessman is lucky very either very stupid or very naive yeah um i think so let's just what we want to talk about and this i suppose this was inspired by um our, our friend of the show amy ramshead 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 um Ram shared she uh, on on her podcast with uh, her friend Andy. Um, not enough a fitness podcast, I believe it's called. Um, I actually I listen to it quite often, but um, I actually don't even know if I know the actual name of it, which is quite rude of me. But anyway, um, I'm just telling people in case they want to go and listen because obviously it is a nice a nice thing to listen to if people want to. We support our friends. So, um, but it's inspired by her because they had a chat about the use of transformation photos by fitness professionals. And I guess the concept of the chat was around it's, um, is it ethical to use them or not? So I guess like we had a, we had a quick uh, back and forth about what we thought. And I guess we thought, actually, you know, it might be an interesting thing to chat about in case people are interested in terms of what we think about whether they are ethical or whether we feel like they, they shouldn't be used. Um, 
when I when I so I guess actually let's just get the premise of people don't understand what I mean by before and afters. I suppose I am talking about what Johnny just said. You know, pictures of people either like you know client photos, client testimonials that show a before person, someone more overweight, and then someone after less overweight type thing. Um, or I guess there could be a uh, just a, a, I suppose a more bodybuilding type of change where someone has gone from being kind of not lean to incredibly lean and ripped type thing which i guess is a similar premise but i suppose they have different kind of audiences or different kind of client base but the idea is obviously showing these physical transformations so then to to market their services to get people to buy their things and i suppose the, there's there's other elements of transformation stuff where people do this uh authenticity i mean like authentic bro type stuff where it's like oh yeah we should be normalizing roles so i'm just gonna sit there and go oh, i've got all these roles oh i'm gonna bend over scrunch every single possible angle to try and get some rolls even though they're like two percent body fat type thing yeah that is a uh, one of those things where they try and almost like try and be in the other, the other person's shoes and it's like you don't you still don't know you don't know like there's who was that guy he's an absolute bear end i remember i remember his he's he's fit yeah but he's abs person trainer whatever he is he's similar to a keto anyway and he deliberately puts on whatever many stones, three, four, five stone, and then he shows you know, oh look how easy it is to lose. Well, it's not the same, mate. Yeah. Because yeah. you've got obviously no issues with food. You've been there, done it. You know the training programs, the diet, in the cardio, everything you need to do to get to where you want to be. You've got no issues with food. Um, you probably know about calories, or you're just a keto freak, whichever one. Um, so it's no, it takes some time. I'm not saying, but that's not the same as. You know, someone who's struggled with their weight all their life, issues with food, can't, don't understand their own hunger signals, binge eat, diet, binge diet, blah, blah, blah. It's not the same thing. Absolutely not. No, no. So, like, obviously that, I, I think that, and I guess it's not slightly off topic, but I guess we're getting into some of the topic already. But I, I don't think that necessarily trying to normalize this type of stuff is is a bad thing. But I think it gets to a point where, it's like it's almost so the 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 forced authentic type thing is almost so forced authentic that it becomes so unauthentic like it just becomes a case of like you can see it a mile off of these kind of before and afters where you're like, oh you know i've done this before and after and like ah oh, the joke is really they were only 30 seconds apart and all, all i did was change the lighting and bent over a bit and change different clothes or put a different sports bar on and it's like i'm not sure that's really helping anybody like trying to normalize these types of things, I'm not sure it's actually helping. As I, I think you'd be better off just not posting the fucking before and afters. As in, like, just don't don't post the fucking ridiculously shredded post like pictures that basically are unachievable for a large majority of the population. In the first place, I think that's probably going to be more positive than trying to normalize. You know, the fact that oh, we've got a bit of cellulite, and when in reality they've got hardly any, or you know, or like say they they're trying to form these belly rolls with their fucking shredded lean abs it's like I will also say a different angle on it people who want to lose I'm not saying everyone clearly everyone a lot of people who want to lose weight and get a condition are too impatient and they are always trying to find a magic bullet all the time some new training regime, some new diet, some new supplement. The the thing I see a lot on Facebook now is this this is um 
monitors with seeds and ketosis and all that. I'm like, for 300 quid, it's like, what, how, is, how is that helping anyone whatsoever? Because they believe that it's some magic trick that's going to make them lose weight. It's like, if they understood, or if they were more patient, then maybe they wouldn't gravitate so much towards extreme transformations. <clears throat> because, you know, you must know, you must have some inkling that, obviously, if you're dramatically overweight, to get to, like, 6% body fat is going to be highly difficult. Because clearly it's difficult because you've never, you've never been there. Mm-hmm. So it's like, there is, I think, <clears throat> you do have to put some of not the blame on some people who want to lose weight and think, oh, I can lose two stone in a month. And it's like, it's not going to happen. And then when they see it, when they see they've got to put the hard work in, they don't want to know. And then they go off and find these people who've got transformations. Oh, yeah, I've done this with keto. And, you know, some bullshit training program. Oh, yeah, I'll do that then. So, where, you know, even though sh- these people shouldn't be allowed to, to coach, but unfortunately they are, that people do have to actually realize that if, like anything, you need to look at the long term. So then you will gravitate towards better options. It's like people want to be millionaires, don't they? So they buy Bitcoin and then it crashes 45% in a week. And then you've lost all your fucking money, well, half of it, rather than buying a good company that you'll hold for 20 years and you'll be a millionaire in 20 years. People don't want to know, they want to know about 20 years, they want to know about now or next week. So there is got to be, there is blame on both sides, I think. People think, right, you need to be, look for longer term and the, and the coaches should be thinking longer term as well because everybody only puts their best before and afters up, don't they? And how often do you see this at the bottom of the, like especially these big brands, these results are not typical. Is it even in the, is it even in the whatever you call not T's and C's, but disclaimers? Yeah, some some of the, um, I guess, supplemental type stuff in terms of kind of claims made by certain supplements, they might often say like, yeah, blah, 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 but these results are not typical, which, you know, should throw people off really to think, oh, well, maybe I, I won't invest my money in that. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I tend, I do agree. I think there's, there's an expectation, or certainly we live in an instant gratification type environment now and that people want this idea of of weight loss immediately and they don't really kind of look at what the the longer term requirements will be and then when they fail or or their expectations don't kind of align with what the reality is they then fail and then feel like oh my god this is the worst in the world but then i guess also that's part of the problem in that people are posting this stuff which I guess we're trying to, you know, fitness professional trying to sell their service and say, look how good this is. Well, you know, this is easy, blah, blah, blah. Um, and they might not be saying it quite in those words to say like, this is easy, come work with me and I'll do this job for you. But people, that's what kind of people feel like when they see this stuff quite often. And then they'll then kind of have these own expectations kind of not not pushed towards them or driven to them. But obviously I think it exacerbates these expectations and then they just left feeling like this, this, this unachievable picture of these people that they couldn't do. And this then sense of failure and this sense of like fuck up, which I guess then exacerbates this whole thing that we kind of talked about before around diet culture and thin ideals. And I mean, we talked about prior to this, didn't we? In that, like, neither of us are absolutely against before and afters by any stretch. Although I think the outcome we kind of both, or I initially said not the outcome, I guess we haven't even necessarily talked it through enough detail to kind of say that we've definitely got an outcome or a feeling or have we in terms of what what it is but i think we both immediately thought 
our guesses are probably going to be is that there's a net negative to using before and after pictures in in kind of marketing to um society almost i suppose is the only word i can think of at the moment but to just basically everybody on social media looking at them i think there's a net negative because there'll be some people that certainly are motivated by seeing other people's progress and transformation and obviously the, when i say unachievable it clearly is achievable a lot of the time because a lot of the transformations you see out there from genuine practitioners are really good transformations and the hard work has been involved with those individuals to kind of get that progress um i suppose it just comes down to what you value to a certain extent and i guess over a period of time i certainly value that physical transformation a lot less than maybe i did three four five years ago that makes sense it's kind of like because we know that physical transformations aren't the only types of progress and transformations that people make in fact you'd probably say the majority of clients now either don't make i wouldn't say don't make impressive transformations but i think they certainly because of the way i coach and i think the way we both coach we've we put so much more emphasis on the other like psycho um or psychological aspects of of kind of like food relationships and kind of eating behaviors and and kind of more healthful and kind of on the well-being side of stuff that i guess we don't pay as much attention or worry about physical transformations as much no. so would it be more ethical if the transformations are five years apart? Not your typical 8, 12, 16, 20, whatever. So you think, right, that person's gone. And it's made plainly obvious, you know, this date, five years later, because that person's mm. going to, well, actually, that took five years. Mm. And then they're going to look, maybe then they'll go, like, why did it take five years? They're either going to go, fuck that, I'll wait in five years. And then, you know, they're back onto the, before and after the 10 weeks and fuck myself up forever probably they go, oh, actually why did it take five years and, and maybe then they might look at actually well they did this they did this they did this blah 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 and I think well actually if they think I could be there in five years or I could do the quick fix and be back where I am now in five years yeah that's a good really good question uh, probably I think it's certainly it's more ethical than than maybe a 10 week one only on the basis i guess of that they're openly saying I, I guess it depends on the message around it but i suppose if if we're saying that the whole point of it being five years and then being open and kind of almost highlighting the fact that it's taken so long is because obviously they want to show that this isn't a quick fix and that there are um hard, well there is hard work and there's there's obviously a long period of time and commitment that has to be put into these things to kind of achieve what is kind of more valued in terms of the physical aspect, I suppose, and, and the, the kind of management of long-term weight is obviously important, but certainly from a health perspective as well. But I think the most important thing is actually the the, the happiness, the well-being, and the kind of like the psychological stuff that goes along with it. Which, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I answered that question actually, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think I think yes, it probably is more ethical because it's you know you're not you're not promising stuff which we know are probably aligned with more unhealthy behaviours as such but yeah mm, it's a bit of a tough one really isn't it yeah I, I mean let's say just going back I don't I don't think either of us are against and oh. I won't say that I'll never post a transformation picture again because that is probably untrue and I also think like I don't like to 
I don't like to tell people what they should and shouldn't value and not like as in like I, d- I don't tell people they shouldn't value a physical transformation I don't I don't I think when a client comes to me and says I want to lose weight I don't say hmm, I don't think you should want to lose weight I think it's a very shallow endeavor and I think you should be thinking of other things to kind of have as your goal I would never say that to a client because I just no. think it's not my place to ever decide what a client values or what an individual values and yes okay I might try and coach them and I might try and explain kind of a bit more context as to know what it really is they're looking for like if a client comes to us and says right i want to lose weight i won't you know we might ask questions around okay well, what is it about losing weight that it, or you think is going to have a positive impact in your life and what do you think that that's going to then you know kind of lead to in the longer term and you know you might explore that why in more detail and find out exactly what that is because the why that you know kind of the the what they want to do with losing weight isn't really the motivation it's the why like why do you want to lose weight because they want to feel more confident like because they want to be able to run around with their kids they want to live longer for their grandchildren um you know they don't want to be old and decrepit there's there's obviously a lot more powerful things as to why someone wants to lose weight than the, the mere act of actually losing weight that's not the goal or the motivation for most people is it and obviously not i mean from everyone i've asked you know you say why 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 none of them have said it's because of weight I just want to. I just want to. I just want to be thin. I just want to look. I just want to look thin. That's not. Well, that's not. No, it's not. Is it? You don't just want to look thin. Because why do you want to lose thin? Look thin. Uh, I don't know. Just do. Okay. Good answer. Because I think they do because they do want to tell you. Sometimes. No, 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 no one ever replies to that. Sorry, man. I'm being, I'm being really facetious because I've never had anyone just go. I mean, so I've had people go. I'm not really sure, really, actually. And they've thought about it and they've said, oh, I suppose it's because. You know, I just want to feel better in my dress and I don't feel confident when I'm out with friends or, you know, like that type of thing. Or a guy might say like, yeah, I feel like I've always been the fat kid at school. And, you know, I had someone say this to me once. He said, well, I just want to lose weight because I've always struggled my weight. I was a fat kid at school and I had someone, I, I felt like I was bullied at school for being kind of like larger than everyone else. So I've just grown up with a complex of always being overweight and I want to finally one day feel like I'm the athletic person. And obviously, it's kind of like you, you realize it's got nothing to do with the fact that he really wants to be thin. It's because he wants to be accepted by his, you know, his, his community, his peers. And obviously, that's that's saddening and frustrating to hear because you think that's the epitome of diet culture and thin ideal, and that someone has made someone is happy with their own individual body until they're made to feel like an outcast by other individuals. Which is like you think to yourself, "Fuck me, are we really in this position?" But it is the epitome of kind of what you mean by diet culture, that type of stuff. It is, it is exactly that, isn't it? Because if people have got a particular goal, especially if it's very far away from where they are now, and if, if their sole reason for wedding getting is just, I want to lose weight, they will never get there. Because they haven't got, when it gets hard, the motivation is not there to carry on. No. Generally. No. And, and sometimes it's, it's hard to, they need to almost refocus on other things like obviously the, the things we work on like psychology mindfully didn't enjoy in training not seeing training as I've got to burn so many calories you know to help me lose weight you always got to focus on things like that because weight loss will come eventually because you want to the process they want them to enjoy the process and the results will come eventually rather than focus on the end result and hate the process because generally speaking if you get there yeah, and, and, and even if they, even if they don't lose weight, if they're focused on the process you, and they're trying to enjoy the process, they don't actually. You, you find that people don't care if they lose weight or not actually by the end of it because they realise that there's a greater meaning to this and that they they're comfortable or they're content 
maybe content's not the word, accepting, maybe it's probably a better word, accepting of where they are because, you know, they've understood the value of the kind of the, the actual processes mean, like I say, better health or kind of physically stronger or all of these things that actually have way more value and meaning than just kind of being thin or being leaner. Not exactly. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a very decent range where you can be a healthy weight and there's obviously your healthy weight is this height and this weight. There's quite a, it's quite a range in uh-huh. it. Yeah. But just think, oh, I need to be as shredded as possible. It's like, well, you don't really need to do, but people, they just focus on that solely. And it's like, well, if it's almost like they need to find a different endeavor that doesn't need them to be a certain look to, to do something to perform. It's like, you know, if you, like we talked before, if your cardio is some form of boxing, kickboxing, that takes away the need for you to look good. Because it doesn't matter, you're big, skinny, female, male, short, tall, whatever. It's just, you know, kicking a punch in. You don't yeah. need to a certain look to be a good boxer or kickboxer. You look some of the heavyweights. Like Tyson Fury, look at him. Yeah. He's what you'd call an Adonis. Well, look at like Andy Ruiz, you know. Exactly. First Mexican heavyweight oh. champion, and I'll be honest, he looks like he's been living in McDonald's for the last, yeah, you know, however long, <laughs> which he probably yeah, has. So he's obviously <laughs> he did lose weight, didn't he? He's obviously maybe he's obviously conscious of it, but that doesn't solely. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, the, the, like your physique doesn't determine. Like yeah, specifically. doesn't determine his happiness or yeah. what, what he thinks about himself. I, he I, is was heavyweight champion, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. So I, I was going to say, like what you're saying, and I know we're getting slightly off topic here, but um, your someone's physical condition doesn't determine that necessarily their health. Now, obviously, someone's physical deter, um, physical condition might align within then kind of guide someone to towards a certain level of health or a range of health. But in the same way, is that doesn't determine specifically a lot of people's actual behaviors and actions will also have a big influence which is why you can kind of have like metabolically healthy obese individuals you can have um um metabolically unhealthy ideal weight individuals um, you know in air quotes ideal weight because i guess yes you, you might kind of you know being in a healthy weight range kind of lowers some of the risk factors for a lot of stuff but in the same way, so does actually just performing healthy behaviours out independent of weight loss. They will also lower a lot of, you know, you know, you can kind of get those obese people that have risk factors. They will go out and, you know, start exercising, eating better. And even if they don't lose weight, independent of losing weight, a lot of the time, risk factors will still, or risk markers will still improve. So things like um, like blood cholesterols and kind of glucose um, impairments, a lot of those stuff will all improve, even despite the fact they don't lose any weight. Because they've just, you know, and this is the health at every size approach almost in that their beliefs that the behaviours are more determined in terms of someone's health status than the, the actual size or physical um, presence of some individuals. Which I think there is there is an element of truth there, and obviously a lot of truth there actually. Um, but probably just not to the extreme what they think in that they seem to almost promote that weight doesn't have any effect when weight will still have some effect as well. For, for a lot of individuals i mean you know we're talking like generically across a broad spectrum of people here so we're not saying an individual can't be obese and completely healthy because they can but obviously you're kind of looking at across the board on average being overweight is associated with higher risk of certain stuff so so you can't deny that completely but i also think obviously it's important that's why to get 
Now, one of the first things you can do for to kind of improve someone's health if they are obese is yes, obviously losing weight, but you know they'll probably see quicker improvements in certain health markers if they just start exercising because the exercise is almost instant. You know, you go out for a run, they see some improvements in kind of blood glucose control almost immediately, stuff like that. Whereas obviously nutrition and kind of losing a bit of weight takes a bit more time. So just what we've done, what have you done to any exercise? Well, yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, you probably you say a big difference. Yeah, you probably say going for a run. Uh, run is probably a bit stretched for someone who's obese, um, and maybe they should go for a walk because it might be better for them. But yeah, anyway, we digress a little bit, I guess. Um, yeah, I suppose um, getting back on track with the kind of topic of before and afters. I suppose, like on the other side, and I say why part of the reason why I said I don't think that I will completely stop using them is because. Um, they are motivational for people and i suppose actually if you kind of as in some people will see them and it will spur them into action and they and they can kind of look at a transformation photo and say actually i i'm really impressed by that individual and they don't have kind of like the negative connotations with looking at it and thinking that it's unachievable and actually they might see it as achievable and push themselves which is really good so i guess like there are some individual circumstances where you could say actually they they do a positive thing um and I guess there's also the element of as a fitness professional, it is the easiest sell. Like of all the things to basically try and sell your services, the the easier one to pick from is a before and after picture. It's oh. visual, easy to understand, no nuance required, no context required. A picture of someone like overweight, and then you know a side by side picture of someone having lost a load of weight. That's just a fucking piss easy, like, excuse the phrase, but it's just such an easy way of saying, look how good I am as a coach. I've got this person to lose some weight. Like, you just have to have no complexity to it. So, which is why, like, a lot of individuals will, will use it. And you'll see a lot of Instagram people with loads of followers. In fact, the ones with the most followers are the ones that just bang out before and after, after, before and after, before and after. And obviously, a lot of the time, they're not even good coaches. You're just seeing just the, the 5% of successes they've having. Um, because someone could be adherent to a fucking meal plan, say. But. Well, it's like, what was it? Was, was the jaw works failure massive or huge? Yeah, like 90, 90 I think yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure back in the day, I remember someone. I can't remember who it was now. Whether it was certain professionals in the industry, but that said that that it was it was accepted that his representatives and I guess like I don't know. Maybe we should be careful saying it because it might be slanderous. I don't know, but I, I think someone has said that they they heard. So let's put it that way. Had heard allegedly that. They had even to themselves marketed their, to like their to you know their services as only ninety percent of, of failure, ten percent success type thing. Like whoever they were trying to sell their their stuff to. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, well, it, what are you doing? And they, they're obviously attracting people that are not a good fit to what, for what they do. Obviously, ninety yeah. percent failure rate. Yeah. Well, so, all, all, all I was gonna say is that's probably not that. Uh, it's probably quite indicative of a lot of people like like many many coaches in the industry like more more than none more than not probably there's probably more people that have that type of like failure rate than than don't it's probably quite typical as i say 90 percent plus it's just that you only see these highlights of people because they're not gonna, like you said previously they're not gonna be putting out shit you know people that failed you know people that put on weight or people that didn't lose any weight or people that lost the weight and then within a month were back to where they were before again people aren't going to post those parts are they no, I mean, especially if, if your clients are, let's say, athletes or bodybuilders, these people are a different gravy to normal people. Like, 
most of them are, I say this in a very polite way, because they, they are freaks. Yeah, if you can die for 20 weeks on chicken, rice, and broccoli, you're a freak. And you are, I don't know, you've got, you got you granite psychologically. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but, so those people will look at them and go, I can do it anyway. So it's pretty hard to fail with a bodybuilder. Yeah, you might not get the peaking bang on, but to a normal person, going from, because they, they, they're, they're always extreme, aren't they? So they think, oh, I can do that when it's like, eh, you probably can't because these people are a different gravy to most people. Well, they're willing to go, two, most people are not willing to go two weeks without having a bit of chocolate. Go 20 weeks without eating without and think of filming bananas a cheap meal. Then, you know, that's bulletproof, as in psychologically. Mm. But and it's easy for them. That, and you can see why they give out before and afters because literally you can judge them what you look like. So it's like, well, they, it's probably more ethical for them to do that because their clientele are athletes, bodybuilders who, which is not a bodybuilding on stage, a bodybuilding on stage is not healthy, it's just probably not a healthy sport at that level anyway. So it's probably more ethical than if you're targeting your like people, I guess, your normal people who, you know, got day jobs, don't want to step on stage, want to be in good condition. Because they would look at that photo and think, "Oh, I can do that." And you're like, mm, "Yeah, you probably can't," because you don't really real. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know what it takes to, to do that, and it's extreme, and that leads people doing extreme things in their life, not going out, not going to meet their friends because they want to drink, and then you know what happens. Then they get sick of it. They binge. They end up being fat, and they started. Mm-hmm. So I think the ethics thing goes back to maybe who you're targeting as well yeah i mean i think one thing we probably have to also acknowledge is that there's a lot of kind of evidence out there that kind of shows this is an association with kind of uh i suppose not not necessarily specifically transformation pictures but i guess it kind of aligns under there but um i guess there's a lot of evidence that shows that kind of like um what's the word uh i suppose there's negative associations with like body dissatisfaction and i suppose it's like um self-objectification i can't think of the right terms really but essentially this idea i guess that people are comparing themselves um from the perspective of of kind of where they are in their journey to people that are in a completely different place online and obviously a lot of those as we said before like photoshopped or like ideally posed and the best lighting stuff which obviously is then not a really true representation of what they're comparing themselves and like i said there's there's enough of research out there that shows that that is harmful for people like especially women as well i mean not saying that men don't suffer as well because a lot of men do suffer but i think for women especially they, there is this kind of comparison uh, issue that like people's self-worth just gets completely shattered because they they can't you know they they can't find themselves in the same position as these other individuals does that make sense yeah. and i think i mean obviously the, the problem with something like instagram especially but facebook as well is like instagram is a um photo based platform like you, you can't avoid it you can you, basically if you're posting transformation photos as much as when i've done that i personally also try to really like in the captions highlight 
you know, oh, this isn't just about a physical transformation. The most impressive thing is blah, blah, blah. X, Y, Z person improved their relationship with food and, you know, they went out and had a really good time and enjoyed themselves and didn't feel guilty afterwards. And that's something that they've never been able to do before. Just those types of behaviours that are less physical or physically based. You, you can put it in the context in a, in a caption, but Instagram's the first, like you said, the first thing is an eye caption image. Like they're going to see the shredded individual. They're not going to read necessarily or, or understand the, with the same impact the, the caption underneath, which is promoting kind of more psychological-based um, improvements and that type of thing. It's just such a difficult one. Yeah, because we say it's a full of this platform, so you can always look at the full new and if you don't like it, you probably won't read it. Mm. Yeah, but that's what I say. I mean, the fact that there's enough evidence that that shows that these, these kind of like constant... Um, in air quotes, ideal pictures that are shown. And I say ideal, like, as I say, I think the transfer of transformations kind of fall under this ideal banner or category, in my opinion, in that, you know, these these, these physical improvements anyway. Um, there's enough out there to show they are harmful to people. So, and it, like, you know, we talked about it in that there is an element of individuals themselves should be able to kind of almost filter or censor what they consume in the same way as you would do kind of the food that goes in their mouth. But that's also not that particularly easy when you're constantly flooded and surrounded by people like everywhere you go you only got to look in the little explore icon like if if you, if you follow the odd fitness professional or you know if you're into fitness and you want to learn some stuff about new food nutrition you start following some you know professionals you only got to go in the explore button and all of a sudden there's a billion like like really fit women or really like fit men just like with no clothes on and obviously how, how do you filter away from that how do you get away from it yeah, <laughs> but that's what it comes down to like some people might see that's quite drastic measures to think I have to literally delete the app because that's the only way I can avoid it well sometimes it's better off now because some of the stuff you see in there if it affects you that bad mentally then you're better off not looking at it you yeah. if it's you either you could be in a position you're in and then get annoyed and depressed every day by seeing all these different pictures on Instagram, or you can be in a position you're in and not get annoyed with stuff you see every day. So you're probably better off deleting it and going right. Actually, I still don't like what I am. At least it's not going to it's not going to get rubbed in my face twenty four seven every day. I think you could probably align this a little bit with almost the even the obesity epidemic and kind of when people talk about the causes of why people are overweight. There's a, there's an element of you know you get some crowd saying oh it's individual responsibility the people you know they're responsible for what they put in their mouth they shouldn't be eating that much it's their fault. And then you've got obviously other people saying that the sole reason is purely like it's got no individual responsibility. It's down to things like food environment or um, kind of like just Western kind of behaviors and environment nowadays and this type of stuff. And like a lot of things, it's probably a mixture of both or somewhere in between. I think yeah, you never could, one thing is it never. No, I mean I I I mean you kind of, I talk about the obesity epidemic, and I think that we'd be naive to think that we all have individual choice. I think there's just there's enough evidence out that shows the influence of things like food marketing and food availability and um, even just the uh, the overriding um, features of things like our reward systems in our brain and stuff. Um, trillion dollar marketing fucking industry that is you know scientifically almost scientifically programming everything to be as like wantable as possible. You know that so for me obviously like i am very much on the occasion i think we're naive to think that we don't we have complete and utter control over what we eat and that we're not influenced by anyone else because I, I think that'd just be ridiculous to even think that but in the same breath is we can also stop you know 
us picking up something and putting it on our mouths. So there is this kind of like blend or mixture of kind of, I think, individual responsibility, but also accepting that there are strong outside influences which kind of gravitate us to do certain, towards doing certain stuff in terms of what we do eat. And I think this is the same thing. I think there's a level of individual responsibility probably needed that if you suffer from kind of negative body image and like self-objectification and body dissatisfaction that type of stuff then you should probably try and filter what you do see but also understand that there's a level of stuff that you can't control so yeah it's a difficult one i guess and i suppose that that's level of stuff you can't control then that's where the responsibility in my eyes kind of then does fall on practitioners themselves there's people putting stuff out there like should we be more ethical in not using them or you know maybe we don't have to go as far to say that we shouldn't be using them to cater for everybody because obviously that might say that drastic in itself like why should i stop using photos because that means i've got to i'm only catering for people that have issues with their body like what about the people that actually find them motivating or find them positive which i think there are people are there are people out there that do do that do find them motivating so i suppose it's kind of like okay well maybe we can do it in a more ethical way where we do you know either don't solely focus on body transformations as your sales tactics say or make sure that when you do speak about people's transformations that you talk around kind of things that aren't just physical whether that is you know it could be like you say and showing showing the actual work and effort involved in terms of a long long transformation of a five-year transformation or whether it's something actually we talk about the fact that this person did have a physical transformation but it was based on the kind of the the more psychological behavior change that they had over time and they're the most impressive parts and kind of talk about those those well-being aspects rather than just the fact that they got abs yeah, so at least people can see then what is actually involved in making big changes over the long term. Because making big changes over five years is a totally different approach to making big changes in 12 weeks. Mm. The approach is going to be different. I mean, obviously, there's going to be a calorie deficit involved, clearly. But the way you go about it, how extreme you are, it's going to be so different from five years to 12 weeks. Because five years, you've got a long time to ingrain habits that will hopefully keep it off for the long term. Whereas a 12 week you're in no habits, apart from probably looking at my fitness pal on a couple of hourly basis and calories. And that's maybe all you're doing. Yeah. Rather than looking at the psychological aspect, which is the biggest thing with dieting. Because if there's no psychological issues with dieting, there won't be so many obese people. Because it is a big part of nutrition, if not the biggest. Because everybody knows it, and most people, most people haven't got a problem with losing weight. They got a problem with keeping it off. That is um, quite true. I do think. I mean, I do. I, I think uh, so, so the food relationship side and kind of like the psychological behaviours or psychological things that drive behaviours, um, I think, is a big part. I do think also, like I say, food environment and marketing, food availability is also a massive part. Um, which I guess is you know it's all these things like pulling people in dire- in certain directions, and I suppose like it's this that along with everything else that then pulls people towards obesity uh, and overeating effectively. But I'll tell you what's what's interesting. I was, just, I was trying to think through like all of my clients and all of my recent clients, thinking about. I don't think any of them have actually, I would say, have, have made a physical transformation without making some kind of behavioural, like psychological type changes in terms of their identity how how they think about food um that type of stuff as well i think there's a very few and the only ones that probably didn't make psychological changes are probably ones that never had any 
almost like psychological issues in the first place and that they did just kind of fall out of routine or habit and just needed a bit of accountability i think they're probably the only ones i can think of that probably didn't really make any drastic kind of psychological changes because they didn't they didn't have a psychological change to make yeah that's true and is that they seem to be few and far between these days people have got because even people's um, perception of hunger a lot of times is all messed up Mm-hmm. It seems like the, the the more the time goes on, the more that people that are have no issues of food get less and less. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying issues as in psychological issues like you know bulimia and anorexia and blah blah blah. It's just the things of you know eating and eating a boredom when they think they're hungry, things like that. Is you know, I think it's, just, I think it's just mind mindless. Yeah, I think that's obviously. Yeah, I mean, there is boredom, but I think a lot of people are just mindless and thoughtless about stuff, and they just eat without thinking about what they really want, what the consequences are, you know, kind of what it means as a result of, like, their health, that type of stuff. I think it's just, there's just no thought that gets involved in a lot of the time. That's what you speak about. Like, you ask someone why they've eaten a particular thing, like, it's a bit like, oh, well, I wanted it. Like, yeah, but did you want it? Or like, did you actually think about whether you actually wanted it or were there other things? When you realise that there's a lot of context in decision making of why someone eats something like oh, actually yeah i hadn't thought about actually you know mm. i thought i wanted it but maybe there's a lot more that goes into why i make a decision and that you know it's kind of just all, all minus eating really i think my fitness part's got a lot i got a, a part to play as well because you can that people who use it that really they just use it because they view their friends use it because you have either situations where you go right calorie intake is whatever whatever it is and they sort of stop listening to their hunger signals and go well I, I've got to eat another phone I've got to eat 1400 calories I've got to eat it so they end up just aiming for a number rather than listening yeah. to right actually I, I'm not hungry I don't need to eat 400 calories extra that's, I need that's, to across that yeah and that's definitely a negative symptom of my fitness pal in or a negative consequence of my fitness pal in that you you lose that um, intuition and you lose that kind of connection with hunger and stuff because all of a sudden you're eating to external cues rather than internal you're eating to what the fucking numbers in your apps is and like obviously like you say then a lot of people will then eat regardless of whether they're hungry or not because an app says they can um, yeah. and vice versa you know they'll starve themselves in other periods because an app says they can't so yeah. it, that, that in itself is certainly a big issue for the kind of the psychological side of food relationships and, and eating behaviours because you're completely disassociating yourself almost from this internal cues that we obviously try and teach and people to kind of work with not kind of avoid um don't get me wrong there's obviously times when if someone's got a specific goal then you you have to almost have like almost the external cues and kind of working with something like my fitness pal is useful because you just have to ignore the fact that you're fucking hungry all the time um yeah. because that's the only way you're going to achieve the goal that you're trying to go because you're kind of naturally going against what your intuitive um, cues are going to be telling you. So, like, if you're trying to get on stage at four percent body fat, there ain't there ain't going to be no intuitive clues uh, cues internally saying, oh, you don't need to eat right now. You're not hungry." They'll be saying, "You're fucking hungry, mate. Eat." So you do have to do it. But yeah, I mean, I guess like when the general population are just trying to be a bit healthier and lose a bit of weight, completely disassociate. I do think that's probably not always a positive thing. So. Yeah, and I've had a conversation with a client before who've gone right. Oh, I've done. When it, this is when we first start working each other, 
I'm just telling us to know just just track for just track for two weeks and we'll just see you know where you're at with your calories what you know what your food layout is like what your day is like and they go like, oh well I I trained today and I um so I ate the 400 calories in my fitness pal said I could have extra and you're like yeah, well, there's a big problem right there then or oh, I've been doing that for years I'm like well you literally could solve the problem of their lack of weight loss there by going yeah, you're not supposed to be down extra 600 calories. You are. You watch claims you've just burnt in a class, which is probably 150 calories, not 600. You know what I mean? And then then you go around with you've solved that problem and you've sort of not solved, but you get into the relationship of food aspect then as well. And the fact that <clears throat> these watches are not very accurate. So you've almost killed three birds at one storm just for them saying that one thing. Which, you know, in a in a before and after, if if that's all you've changed, which could happen, then that's they just see the before and after. They don't see that little thing you've worked on that's made a big difference to them. So, just something else to think about. Well, it's been a most enjoyable chat, my friend. Um, I think we'll round up there. Can we square off? Yeah. Or round off? Round off, square off. You can square off if you want. You square the circle. Triangle off. I don't, I've never heard that phrase. I don't think that exists. Definitely yeah, but... square off exists. Um, no, no, gone. Decker no. gone. No, you know you're just saying dinosaur names. <laughs> Decker off. Just, is this Welsh or is this like some form of prehistoric creature? I thought Decker gone was a ten-sided jib. Uh hexagon yeah, it may may well be I, I'm not I'm not au fait with my number of side shapes type thing um, yeah I can't even think of the right name for that either <laughs> oh show how dumb I am I am dumb um, okay well most enjoyable mate and uh, I guess we'll see you all next week for episode 300 thank you for listening to the NNN podcast If you enjoyed the show, please help us by rating on your podcast provider, sharing with your networks so we can get our content out to more people. See you next week.